Action Park Media. Kia ora everyone, I hope you're having a good day so far. I'm really excited about this episode, it's with uh, the amazing Rafi, she is an acupuncturist, a yoga teacher and I really wanted to dive in uh, because my acupuncturist, I went for a broken wrist, actually diagnosed my depression or alluded to it before I was even ready to kind of address it and so I wanted to dive in a little bit about how everything is connected how you should listen to those physical ailments that your body is presenting to you and Rafi does an amazing job at explaining that and gives us some tips and tricks that you guys can do at home as well to calm your body down so without further ado this is Pretty Depressed with Rafi very first place to start I, I want to start is with acupuncture because I feel like a lot of people myself included have this archaic view that you go and get acupuncture purely to locate and help with pain and I just wondered like first of all if you could explain what it is and then second of all why you're pursuing it as a career it's <laughs> <laughs> a very good question um okay so the description of what it is sort of depends on if you're talking about in Western terms or in traditional Chinese medicine terms, TCM, um, okay. cause the language is very different. And when acupuncture was brought over to the U S it was brought over by Nixon actually. So it's still fairly new here. It was translated incorrectly. So we use a lot of these words and they don't mean what they mean in English, but we use the same word. Like when they say the liver, they're not necessarily talking about the liver as we understand that as an organ. It's a much bigger encompassing thing. Um, so from a Western perspective, we insert a needle and we cause a micro trauma. And so the body increases blood flow to the area and that helps you heal faster, whether it's orthopedic or something else, this increase of blood flow is why from the Western perspective, you can see the results. From an Eastern perspective, um, we work on specific points on channels that only recently there was a scan done that could actually find the meridians in the body, but they've been talking about them for thousands of years. And so there's finally a scan where you can actually see what they're talking about, but they run through the body and the points have um, implications for pain. They have, whether it's physical or emotional for balancing the body, the yin and the yang of the body. Um, it works on a much deeper level in terms of getting the body into balance. So if your body is just this network of highways and stuff like that, it's kind of like traffic in LA, like traffic in LA is really bad because the infrastructure is, if something happens nine miles away, it's going to affect traffic all the way across town, right? It's the same thing in your body. One little thing starts this domino effect. And so instead of treating what that resulting symptom is, we're trying to go back to the to where that car accident happened. Whether it's an imbalance, whether it was a trauma, whether whatever it is, um, and that's not allocated to just physical pain. It's emotional pain, it's digestive disturbances. I use a lot of car analogies, which is weird because I know nothing about cars, um, <laughs> but studying Chinese medicine is kind of like this. Your body's a car, and um, you didn't read the owner's manual. <laughs> yeah. so every single thing that comes up, whether it's a symptom, whether it's problems with your sleep, whether it's how you sweat or your digestion, whether it's pain, these are all flashing lights on the dashboard 
of your car. And, you know, as a practitioner, we learn basics. We learn basic, basic little things that are like, okay, we know when a car is overheating, right? We need to cool it down. We kind of, we can see that in a person. We get it, the red face, the anger, the insomnia, like we, we recognize that and there's basics, but every car is a different make and model. So essentially we've read the owner's manual, but for like, you know, your basic car. And then now we know where to look or at least where to start looking when we see all these flashing lights and alarm bells going off. Um, wow. So I guess, yeah, my next question is, is how did you get into it? And, and I, I mean, did you have an experience with acupuncture? Were you already in the medicine field? No, I was a fashion publicist. Great. Was, yeah. <laughs> I was a fashion publicist. Um, I call it my first life, but for the first couple decades of my career, and I was burnt out on it for sure. Um, as a patient, I, I've also done yoga most of my life. I teach yoga um, and I had a lot of shoulder injuries. It's fairly common especially with hypermobility and stuff like that. Um, so as a patient, I came to acupuncture because after two years of dealing with chronic shoulder stuff and they wanted to operate or their pain meds and things like that, someone was like, go to an acupuncturist. So I did because I was willing to try every anything, you know. Um, and knowing what I know now, that first treatment was probably too big a treatment for someone that had never done acupuncture before. Um, I, no joke, had pins and needles for two hours after my treatment. And I w went home being like, oh, my God, did I just make this worse? Mm. Did I just make this incredibly worse? Um, and I was scared. But when they dissipated, I had full range of motion for the first time in two years. And I was like sign me up for whatever this witchcraft is like yeah. I'm in <laughs> like, <laughs> like how do I do this all the time and then actually my next couple acupuncture appointments because I was traveling I visited you know it was a random experience I'm trying to find the right practitioner here in California um was really difficult. I went through a series of bad ones and I, I look back on that. And I'm like, thank God I had that mind blowing first experience. Cause I never would have tried it again. Mm -hmm. Um, so a little off topic from your question, but if someone's new to acupuncture, I always recommend one giving it three times in a row and I can come back to why later, but two, mm -hmm. Try a couple different people. It's like finding the right yoga class. There's so many different styles. There's so many different approaches. Once you find one that's right for your body, you also have to find like the person you like, the place you like to go with the good parking and like the time slot that you, you know, like there's so much that goes into it, but there are a thousand different styles of acupuncture. So the like person that comes, I tried it once and it wasn't, I didn't like it. I'm like, well, give it, give a couple people a try. Mm. before completely discounting it. But yeah, I, um, I was still working in fashion when that happened. And then I was just a um, patient, you know, and like I said, it took me a couple different times to find someone um, that really worked with me and my body. Um, and then a couple of years later, when I was burnt out on fashion, um, I was actually, I had taken the day off. And I was at a yoga class and it was like 10 a.m. on a Tuesday and everyone was just delightful. <laughs> like They were all in a good mood. And it's like, how do I do this? 
you know, not be a yoga teacher, <laughs> which is funny because I then later became a yoga teacher. Um, but I really started shifting like this is where my interests led me. Um, and once, once the idea came into my mind of like, okay, maybe acupuncture, right? Um, and what that meant as a lifestyle, like I didn't consider when I worked in fashion, right? I just wanted to work in fashion. I didn't know that that meant it would determine where I would have to live and how much money I would make and all these other things. So I really tried to look at it as a lifestyle. Mm. Um, but once I had made that decision, it all just fell into place. And I was enrolled in school and had a job that was going to let me go, you know, leave early and come in late, which is unheard of. In fact, you know, so that I could accommodate these classes and whatever. Um, and then in California to get your master's degree in traditional Chinese medicine, it's a four year full-time program. Um, so because I was working, I did it in about four and a half. And then at the time you had to, you could only take the boards twice a year. Now they're offered um, through a computer system. So it's a little different. Um, but yeah, I probably took about five years from start to finish you know, with studying and everything like that. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive because I think a lot of people are a little bit hesitant in life in general to make those bold moves and kind of start from scratch again. So you obviously really wanted to do it or maybe you were at that point of burnout where you do actually feel like, what are my options here? Because this can't continue. <laughs> well, you know, um, I think... I think there was a moment, particularly in fashion careers, where um, like there's a natural boundary on your life, right? Where you're like, okay, I'm I'm not gonna work till 4 a.m. and then go back in at 10 a.m. anymore. Like that's no longer sustainable. Um, and it really wasn't until I was back in school where I had like the reason where I was like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Prior to that, and you know, just being younger and not having those responsibilities, I was like, okay, what I have to do whatever they tell me. And then then there was like oh no, I have this boundary, um, which school sort of gave me. Um, and then, yeah, I'm really inspired by it. The, this medicine's like an art form and it's, I mean, it's great for, you know, I have really great party tricks, like someone's neck hurts and I can press on their hand. My dog's coughing in the background. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a really good way to spend the day, you know, you, someone comes in in pain and you get to relieve it or get them to feel a little bit better. Um, like I feel burnt, I feel burnt out at the end of my days now too, but I, I feel like I help somebody. So hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so I went to acupuncture uh, a couple of years ago, I had broken my wrist and I had, and I'll share with you my experience because I'm curious uh, for a lot of people who listen to this podcast have or are curious about mental health. I went for a broken wrist. I, um, assuming that this is commonplace, was asked a lot of questions to the point of poking out my tongue, seeing what my tongue looked like, asking yeah, if my yeah. period blood was more purple or more brown, which I also couldn't answer because I'm obviously not. <laughs> Servant and I was like, I was like, I think I know, and then I don't. Know. I still, even now in life, I'm like, what color is that? So, uh, you know, it was kind of like a little bit taken aback by the these questions, and I'm like, hey, lady, I'm just here for a sore wrist. Right. Um, 
obviously she could tell because of my behavior. I was in a very, before even I was aware of it, was in quite a horrific state of depression, but thought I was covering quite well. Had my acupuncture session and left and I, it was like this release of emotion. I cried for about two hours afterwards. Uh, the The process was lovely, but I just felt such a release. And um, I just wanted if you could speak to that in case that is anybody else's experience, because I imagine for some people that was that might be off putting or the questioning and not really understanding what it is. Because um, I want to demystify it for people if they yeah, go through more experience, and and then also some of the benefits for mental health. If because there are so many physical symptoms that I was experiencing, that I think my practitioner was uh, she was obviously clued into the fact that I had upset tummy all the time. I wasn't sleeping. I had a lot of tension in my shoulders. Like, yeah, um, yeah. so yeah, perhaps you could speak to that. <laughs> Sure. They, so we ask all those questions because it, it is all connected, right? The, the approach is that everything is connected. And the answers to all those questions are the blinking lights on the car. They are, they are things that we take for granted because we live with them, right? Like I will constantly ask someone about their digestion. In fact, even if you're not a new patient, every single time you come in, I'm like, how's your digestion? And I have people over and over and over again saying to me, oh, it's good. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's good. And then like six months into me treating them, they'll be like, well, I only go like every three days. And I'm like, well, for them, that's their normal. Could it be better? Yes. But they also like completely neglect it. I had a patient that I treated for almost a year and a half. And like, I don't know, probably eight months into treatment, she just let slip that she took a Claritin every day. And I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. like those that's covering up something that's going on into the body and might be contributing to these other issues, right? So emotions are stored in the body. Anyone who's, again, I go back to yoga, anyone who's taken a yoga class and seen someone start crying in a pigeon pose knows that. You mentioned the tight neck and shoulders. The amount of people I have to be like, get your shoulders out of your ears, right? Because they just creep up the more tense we get. Um, when, when you're almost in a car accident, right? Like you, and you wrap your fingers around the steering wheel, right? Like, and you, you tense up and everything clenches and everything's okay, but your body kicked in to fight and flight. Your body was like, we're going to clench and protect ourselves. It's kind of like that old adage where how like the people that are drunk and fall, they never get hurt because they're not like, they don't, they don't tense. They don't like, don't see it coming. Right. And so when they fall, they're not hitting on like that rigid friction. Well, especially in LA and there are different things all over the place, but especially in 2022 and <laughs> all the things that we've been living through, we sort of live in that fight and flight stance, right? Where everything was like, oh my God, a car almost hit me. Oh my God, I almost got COVID. Oh my God, this almost happened. And you know, your shoulders are up here and everything tenses because your body's trying to survive. Even if you're like, yeah, it's really stressful, but it's fine. Like there are these key signs in the body and they're going, no, it's not. Just because you've learned how to live with that <laughs> doesn't mean that you're fine. So oftentimes people leave an acupuncture treatment feeling 
we call it AccuStoned or AccuHigh, right? AccuDrunk. Um, because on a cellular level, they relax. That's why even if you don't go to sleep, but you feel your body get really heavy in the table, your that gripping that happens when you tense in protection of yourself and the people around you and your emotions and stuff like that has started to soften. And so like you feel the weight of your own body instead of like clenching to hold it up, right? That's why it feels so heavy. Well, a couple of things are happening when that happens. You have an endorphin release, but you also have blood flow. You have fresh oxygen getting, it. you have relaxation. So when a muscle's super tight, it's not like you're being strangled and no blood is getting in. You're clearly not turning blue, but as it relaxes, it gets this rush of blood and that's a little bit of a high. And it's supposed to be, you're supposed to be like that. Like that's your baseline. Mm. And we're so far removed from it that you don't, we don't even, the only way we can relate to it is being like, oh, I'm some kind of stoned or some kind of drunk. But that's really supposed to be like our normal baseline. And this like crazy fight and flight is only supposed to kick on when you're, you know, lifting a car off a baby or running from a bear or something like, <laughs> like that. But we live with sort of that low grade tension and it takes a toll on your body because you have a physiological response when that happens, whether it's muscle tightening, whether it's like muscle twitches or eye twitches or, you know, when that's happening, nothing is functioning optimally. We're starting to like sort of strangle ourselves from the inside out. Um, so there's a huge amount of relaxation and release that comes from that. Because when something gets stuck and then you allow it to soften and whatnot, you do have these big emotional releases. Um, and that might happen. Go ahead. No, I, I was just curious if you've had um, success uh, stories with people who do have um, perhaps anxiety or depression. And is it usually is it usually that people are coming with a physical ailment and that is a secondary or do you I, I guess in Los Angeles, people are a little bit more um, uh better with a dialogue around mental health. I think New Zealand here, we're kind of a little bit behind the eight ball, although working on it, that I don't imagine too many people are going to acupuncture for depression or anxiety. Um, and, and I would encourage them to be open to it rather than just talk therapy. There are other options. So in, in terms of your practice, are you seeing people for both or what's most common? So in my practice, the most common thing is pain. And I love treating pain because oftentimes it works like magic, right? And the thing is, is if you can relieve someone's pain, they will trust you with the stuff that takes a little longer to see the result. Someone comes in and I say, it's gonna take six weeks. It's really hard unless they really enjoy the process and the practitioner and like have expendable income and stuff like that to get them to give that a go. But if you come in because your wrist or your low back or whatever, and you get relief like that, you will, you will give me the six weeks if I say it's going to help with your anxiety. Hmm. Oftentimes when you go um, to a practitioner, they ask you the same questions over and over again, because we're tracking the change, even though you aren't. And so 
again, I get a lot of people that come in for pain and then realize, because I ask the same question over and over again, that, oh, they are sleeping better or, oh, they are pooping more regularly and they're not so bloated or, you know, they're, they're, periods don't hurt so much. And that's not at all what they came in for, but now they're seeing over time their body imbalance. And generally what will happen is once they're feeling a little bit better, they'll slack off, right? And stop coming in as often and then something will happen and they have to come back, right? right. Because, and so the, the true way to use it as, um, you know, to benefit yourself is like, if you are going for something specific, you get the relief, you know, and then you, you start extending the space between the treatments. So if you're coming once a week and all week long, you didn't have that pain or that ailment, or you didn't have an anxiety attack and it lasted that week, then take it to two weeks. And once it lasts for that whole two weeks, take it to three weeks. You don't have to go every day for the rest of your life and whatever it's it's meant to bring the body back into its natural balance and then to be a tool in your kit when something else crops up mm-hmm. um out of curiosity only because i wasn't really sure online the answer of this what about the tongue are you reading everything because <laughs> okay. um, i was like <laughs> i remember like often i would go and look at my tongue like, and because she would always go Ah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> so we look, we, we look at the shape. Okay. Um, we look at the color of the actual tongue. We look at the coat. We look at the sublingual veins, the veins underneath the tongue. Um, we look at the moisture. We look at the, if it's dry. Um, it's weird because because of COVID and wearing masks, I haven't looked at tongues in um, like two oh. years. <laughs> but we feel pulses. But again, these are flashing lights to us. So it's stuff that I'm like, not only did I used to look at tongues as you know part of the practice, but I'd be like, if you scrape your tongue, could you not scrape it before you come in so that I have an actual understanding of, it's very, the tongue is connected to the stomach. So it's very, very reflective of uh, what's going on with your digestion. Oftentimes the sublingual veins will oftentimes tell us things about your cycle. Um, Moisture, dryness, these things in balance and stuff like that. But every, the other thing you can do with it is, and you can do this with almost any part of the body is that everything in Chinese medicine is microcosm, macrocosm. So, you know, a gazillion years ago, they couldn't look inside the body. So they looked, outside and they looked at nature. So you get a weird diagnosis from Chinese medicine and they're like, it's a wind, heat, damp invasion, right? But like they looked at what was happening to a sick person and they were like, well, that's like something that moves around the body. So it's wind and they're hot. So it's hot. And like, in that sense, when you're learning it, it's very intuitive, right? Like I I am not Western background medicine, anything. I worked in fashion and I was like, oh, this makes sense. Like it does, it makes sense to me. Yeah, that's hot and that's kind of damp and I get it, you know? Um, But yeah, they looked at that. They looked outside the body at nature, right? So you can look at any part of the body, including the tongue and get feedback for the entire part. They have like maps of the body. So the easiest one to see 
and you can see me, so I'll show you, but is, you know, a fetus in the womb, Mm -hmm. right? The head is down, right? So once you see this, you can't unsee it, but in the ear, the lobe here, that would be the head. So this cartilage up this way, that would be the spine. And then this little triangle area, you'd have the legs and the feet would be in here. So this is your neck and your shoulder and your arms and hands would kind of be here. And all your internal organs are on the inside. And you can lie that little picture of a fetus in the womb sort of over a drawing of the ear and you'll see it. And the abdomen can be used like that. The tongue has portions of the tongue that are representative of different organ systems in the body, the hand. But it's used to have been like an acupressure thing with the foot. There's different parts that relate to different things. So the tongue too, they're looking at certain areas to see if they're reflecting different things. Wow, that's <laughs> now now when this comes out, I'll have to like show my ear. Like, <laughs> yeah. does, that, does that mean if you were dealing with like headaches and stuff, you may put one of the needles yep. in kind of the lobe because that's it. Okay, now I'm yeah. So the lobe part, right? Like that real fleshy part where we all get our first earrings, they actually mm-hmm. divide it into little squares. And the center one is uh where like we really do our first piercing, right? The center one is the eye. So I was told, and I can't verify this. This is just what one of my teachers told me that pirates used to pierce their ear with like a real gold bar because it would help them see further at sea. But it correlates, that place correlates to your eye. So now you know. <laughs> We're all pirates. That seems pirates. legit. We'll ignore the fact that ignoring the fact that. <laughs> Ignoring the fact that a lot of pirates are also wearing an eye patch. So yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. But yeah, they, they, they did used to say it was so that they could see better. Great. See better at sea. Now you know. Um, something I always ask my, my guests is what their brain looks like. And I'm curious what your brain might look like as a scene, because I feel like you um, obviously are bold enough to take these big life pivots in Korea, but you're also very generous. I mean, you spend your whole day giving out. So what is, what is the brain of revenue? I mean, it like probably looks different at different times of the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely curled up with my dogs by the end of it and just in a puddle of mess. It probably, you know what, it probably looks like a, a yoga pose. You know, like standing on one foot, like precariously perched, holding it, but also like trying to breathe and <laughs> trying to open. Um, it's a really good question. I have to figure out which yoga pose, but okay. it makes me, and that's probably like that, where, you know, it, it feels really good at any moment you could fall. And if you breathe a little deeper, you might open up more into it that's probably something about and there'd be sparkles all over it (laughs) i love your brain it feels feels dangerous and exciting and zen at the same time (laughs) wonderful Uh, that's what i was going for (laughs) because you do have this knowledge of both yoga and acupuncture um i'm curious for someone who perhaps is sitting at home listening to this do you have any um tip on a way to self-soothe if someone is feeling like you say like they're tension up and perhaps they don't have the finances or the access right now to someone who is an acupuncturist 
Is there a pressure point or somewhere in the body or a breathing technique that you would recommend someone that they can have in their back pocket? Yeah. I mean, if they're, um, it kind of all depends on what they're doing. There's definitely at home stuff for you to do. You do not have to invest lots of money in it. Um, there's a couple different tips. Uh, always start with your breathing. If you're having a hard time slowing it down, do a three-part breath. You can inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four. And if that's really easy, or you're counting like one, two, three, four. <laughs> Get it done. Three, done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also do multiple rounds of it, but extend the number. The whole entire point is to slow it down. And honestly, the, the long-term goal of that is to inhale for 20, hold for 20, and exhale for 20. So especially if you're a little type A or you need like something like a, to be working towards, even though you're trying to calm the F down. Um, do that. Seems, seems like you understand me fully already. <laughs> we have some similarities, <laughs> but like if you need it as a project, you're like, okay, I'm trying to get one cycle of breath to be a full minute. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of work, you know? Um, but if you're at 10, take it for rounds of, you know, a couple rounds and you will automatically slow down. Um, this point, you pointed to it, that point, if you bring your thumb and your forefinger together and squeeze that fleshy mound, you follow that little crease down at the base of the crease. If you press on it with your other thumb and forefinger, should be a little tender. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, win. <laughs> that point is called large intestine four, hagu, but it's a master point for the face and the head. So oftentimes, people say massage this. If you have a headache, if like that tension is really rising up, that's a good place to massage. Um, it's also one of the most moving points in the body. So in Chinese medicine, the definition of pain is stagnation. Good way to think of that is when you do have a trauma or an injury of that swelling, when stuff is stuck in the area, it's bruised everything, right? that's when there's pain. As that dissipates, it starts to go away once all that's flowing again. So yeah, that's a good one to do. Um, one of the easiest ones you can do at home is something called Hua Sha. Do you know what that is? <laughs> it, it's scraping. You just get a, it's, you can find them anywhere and they can be super cheap. They're, they're kind of like the jade rollers for your face, but they're mm -hmm. a little tool that's not a roller. So you can get them in all sorts it's of materials. almost like a flat kidney kind of shape. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you put a little oil on your neck and then massage it down. So especially from, um, if, ear from, to shoulder. from your ear to shoulder, if you feel a lot of tension sort of in the front of the neck, you can do it. And then down the back, um, you can turn that into a whole facial massage and do a whole thing around it, hitting pressure points by the eyes, things like that. But even just the drawing down, on the neck and get that neck tension to release. Um, an Epsom salt bath, a heating pad, mm -hmm. you know, all, all of these things are, are fairly accessible tools um, and, and good things to try. And the biggest thing is to figure out what's the thing that's gonna help you calm down and that you enjoy doing so you'll actually do it. So it's, I, have, I had a patient that, hated needles 
and had full-blown anxiety attacks. Twice a week, she would come and see me. Full-blown anxiety attacks. Crying, sweats, the whole thing. And like, I was like, what? why are you doing this to yourself? She was like, it's the only thing that helps with my pain. So we both work through it. But like, if it gives you an anxiety attack, don't do that as your form of self-care. <laughs> Find a different mechanism. Find the one that works for you. And then do that as often as you can. And if you can't do it every week, do it once a month. Mm. training your body to calm back down. Mm. So it's really in the repetition and any practitioner is going to say, yeah, come, come. So we can get you out of this inflamed heightened state, like come as often as you can, but it's not meant to stress you out, not your bank account, not your time. Like it's meant to benefit you. So if it's adding to your stress, then talk to your practitioner and find a better way. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Hey, Rafi, sorry, I've taken up a little bit more of your time than I intended, but that was so helpful and you're so wonderful. Thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to getting back to LA so you can come and help me. (laughs) Yeah, as soon as you're back, come in for a treatment. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pretty Depressed. A massive shout out to our executive producer, Kevin Connolly, and the amazing production team at Action Park Media. Now, I love validation, so please subscribe to this podcast. Give me five stars. Write some nice comments is what I live for. I need it to get through my day. Uh, You can also check us out at prettydepressed underscore on Instagram or send any feedback to prettydepressedpodcast at gmail.com. Cheers.